Welcome to the Shadownet. My name's Phil, aka Zeroth Maxima. Threat level alpha. Oh, we got so much shit to talk about today, so expect some dirty words. Um, my extra special guest today. I had a dream about him last night. We were we were scuba diving, and all his scuba gear fell off <laughs> and sunk down to the bottom of the ocean. And then I guess we surfaced, and he was like, well, they shouldn't have rented me that uh, scuba equipment. They're never getting that back. It's Eric Kielbeck. I really don't know how to feel about that anecdote. I, I, <laughs> dreams are weird. Dreams are weird. But do, do you where think... Were we, where how were did we you scuba dive? I don't no. know. I've never been. It sounds like a great time. <laughs> I'd love to go with you. I like how you've never scuba diving, but you had a dream about scuba diving. Yeah, it was super weird. And I don't often remember my dreams, but I just woke up and I was like, wow, that was fucked up. So, yeah. Do you do you think there's people who would listen to this podcast, but then they hear the warning, like the, the, the strong language warning, and I'm like, oh, no, this podcast isn't for me? I think there's probably been a couple, yeah. But also people listen to this with their children all the time. Multiple people mm-hmm. are like, Who the fuck is listening to this with their children? I if you fucking listen names. to this, if you listen to this podcast with your children, you should be reported to CFS. Like, I mean, I'll just, I'll just be honest about how I feel about that one. I'm sorry, Kevin. Oh no! <laughs> I think I was talking to Padraig once. Like, yeah, I listened to it with like my child, who's like four years old or something. No, okay, it was a baby back then. I, I hope that was a baby has come to their senses. Is like, all right, not appropriate anymore for sweet yeah, little yeah. baby. I mean, there are people. I remember I did an episode of the, like, I did an episode of um, Metropolitan. Like, I came on, mm-hmm. and, and like, like I the sw- chat was like, I'm out. No, but then we. Did, I had a couple comments that were like, you know, Eric, you have really smart things to say. It's just like, too, it's a shame you swear too much, so I can't listen to your content. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, yeah, that's fair. You know, uh, well, you got fans and you got detractors. You know, today again, yeah. someone, well, the same haters. person again, yeah, wondering. Well, you know what they the say? The hater, the, that made the <laughs> mutual search destruction. Oh, did you see? I got, dude. So it's good. like it's so good because I don't even have to look for that. Like whenever someone like complains about mutual search destruction, like someone will DM me a picture. It's, As they should. Yeah. It, it. I have like like a like I'm like um. Viserys for uh like um what's the fucking spy master from Game of Thrones with my little birds who just like sit in the Netrunner community and watch for people that say dumb shit about mutually shared destruction. Oh man, that card's not even good. Like that's the crazy thing to me is like that card's not even that good right now. Of, of cards, and people still find against. a way to be t- yeah. the people find a way to be tilted to hell by it, which is incredible. I mean, look, I could see like if you didn't know it existed and someone played it and you're like, what the fuck is this? But like, you know the cards. <laughs> like, come on, you know the cards. Yeah, this it's really, really, really funny to me. You went to the World Championships. I did. I had a fantastic time. I Like, honestly, yeah. I didn't know what to expect going in. But, like, 
It lived what up do you to the fucking hype. mean? It, I lo- I've never been to a big tournament. I've never traveled. What do you mean? Basically, internationally to Ford Nation for tournament. <laughs> are you like one of those people from like the U.S., like the southern U.S., who are like, "I've never left Mississippi. I never need to leave Mississippi, but for like Alberta." <laughs> well, no, specifically for Netrunner, which is a lie because I've you know I've gone to to Winnipeg to play. I've played in Montreal. But just yeah. the scale of tournament more, like, I didn't know what to expect, uh, right? And sure. it's not just the tournament, right, at Worlds. It's, like, the whole fanfare around it as well. Um, it's like a it's a party. It's just a party. Yeah, it's basically just a party for three days. I It was it's fantastic. Par- I loved it. I'm so glad. I met so many people. So many people came up to me and said, hey, I love the Shadownet. So thank you for that um that was crazy it was crazy how was many great. people said that. like I, I don't know i didn't ask you i it's funny i didn't even really talk to you that much during the event because i was so busy literally um, before you said phil i'll only hang out with you if you come find me which i did and we took a cute picture true. together so i'm glad that happened. i love i gotta get that picture from Vale. and then we also got the co-sign a copy of the shadow net which i really loved oh yeah but i had a lot of veils <laughs> the shadow net card oh shout outs to Vale. Vale's incredible. Vale, like all, I, I was, I was really hyped for Vale because they did really well at Worlds this year. Like they didn't mm-hmm. make top sixteen, but they played a tiebreaker round. Yeah, and like they won a crown of servants. Damn. And so, like, it's really been awesome because Vale is actually really good at netrunner now. You know, and he was he he like he complained for a while like there's no avenues, but I feel like he's actually like made it. Um, and I think Vale had a really good time. I mean, he did um, he did like a trip around Canada. Like he did a trip around Canada afterwards. Like he went to Montreal and all this shit. Yeah, sounded like all, which I, I think maybe I'm wrong. But Vale's only play, been playing for like two, three years, right? Like two years, maybe. Damn, good job. Like he's he's given the. I mean, he puts a lot of time and effort in, right? Like he's he like very, he like very clearly is like I want to get better at internet and like how am I going to do that? And he gets results, you know. Yeah. And occasionally and spits a hot meme, which I also appreciate. I think Vale is really funny. I, I, I really like Vale. I, I think Vale feels how I feel, which he engages in the absurdity of card game games. Mm. You know, because this whole thing is just so silly when you think about it. Children's um, card games, man. Yeah. Children's, children's card games. But I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, I love the Shadow Net. Um, like people, I literally like, it was, I felt like awkward. I'm so bad with names, but I'm good with faces. Mm. And I, like, walked into the lobby at, like, 11 on Thursday night. And I had, like, just a bunch of people, like, hugging me, being like, oh, like, it's so good to see you, White Blade. And I was just like, I don't really know who you are, <laughs> but, like, I'm happy to see you, too. No, I think I saw uh, you when you walked in. Yeah, there was a bunch of people playing at a table, and, yeah. It was good. good it was good to meet good everyone. I, I had a lot of people just be like, I love the shout out, which was, like, it was weird. Like, I, I don't think it's bad. It's just I still find that. Like, I still need to get used to that. It's you know? weird that people would go out of their way to, to say that to us. But I appreciate it, you know? I, I, I mean, I, it's like, it's a mixture of, like, it's weird, but that's so, like, the only thing you can be is appreciative. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's weird. You feel like, sometimes I put up, we put a shine episode, I'm like, this is just Phil and I shit posting <laughs> for 45 minutes. And then I'll have people be like, this was so good, Eric. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you stand it's too low. Um, yeah. But I had a lot of conversations with people about the, uh, you know, about the stuff. And it was really, like, when I played Crown of Service, like, almost every one of my Crown of Service, like, a bunch of my Crown of Service opponents after was like, hey, I'm a big fan of the show. Um, 
It's we've been doing this for two years now. Yes, more than That's, two years, I think. Like right, just like while, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. A while. And that's crazy to me sometimes when I think about it. You wouldn't um, expect it, but you know, I enjoy talking to you once in a while. No, no, it was good. And then I, I like, I signed a lot of stuff, which also surprised me. Well, your face is on a card, so I mean, you gotta. But it wasn't only like mutual destruction. Oh, what else did you sign? <laughs> I signed. I think I signed a, the most that card I signed the most of was mutual share destruction. Which makes sense. And then I, I signed a lot of counter surveillances. Okay, yeah. And then I signed like four copies of Project Vashron for different people. Because <laughs> you hated on it so bad and you got a band. It makes sense. No, these all I make mean, sense. No, they all make sense. It's just so funny because like I would like have a conversation with someone and then like they'd end with being like, hey man, they really loved the blame changer write up. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that thing has staying power. Yeah, uh, that's like a, over a year. That's like a year that's and a half year. ago. It is sort of like on the ascendancy to just becoming one of those iconic Netrunner write-ups, which is incredible to me in its own way. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it had a lot of heat, so yeah. I'm glad people remember it. I think it was good. I think, uh, yeah, it was just good to see everyone. And then also, like, I mean, the tournament was just a lot of fun. Like, it was just good to see people. Like, I saw, like, all the snare bears, like, all the Americans. Um, some of the, a lot of the snare bears flew in from Europe, like Patrick Rodham Appliance flew in from the UK. It was just good to see Rodage, like people like Rodage or Swifty. Like I really like Rodage. We've ran into each other a bunch. It was just great to see him. I missed I met Rodham Appliance. You missed Rodham Appliance? What I do didn't. You mean? I don't. Why? Well, I don't know what he looks like. And B, he's, I guess I didn't talk to him. He's kind of like low key. Mm. You know, like he's mm. not like a Swifty or a Rodage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's more of a low key. No, guy. I found Swifty. <laughs> yeah, we all. I love Swifty so much. He is. It is like looking into like the UK. It's like it's like one of those TikTok um, filters, but you just like Britishize someone, and it's like I, he's what I would imagine me would be like British, and I'm like the Canadian version of him. Yes, yes, I see the resemblance. Yeah, <laughs> you were really... losing me on the whole TikTok thing, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, it was really, it was really good to see him, and I just met a bunch of. Like, uh, I met Podrig and Aqua Mushroom in person, mm -hmm. finally. Mm -hmm. Me as well. It was just so good to see them. And I met a bunch of, like, the Null Signal game people. I met, like, the judging staff was really good. I met Jamie. But, like, seeing Morgan, like, I'd, I hadn't met Morgan in person before. And Me neither. Fantastic um, time with Morgan. I actually and, hung out a lot with Scott Umiga, who does, like, half of the art for, for NSG. Fantastic I love person. Scott. Oh, Scott, man, looks Scott was such a blast. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Scott, um, Scott was so funny to me. <laughs> like I like I, not funny, but in a bad way. But I just like I hadn't seen Scott all um, tournament, mm -hmm. and so like the picture of Scott I had in my mind was someone who was like I don't know why, but I was like, oh, this is like a professional like artist. Like, they may be wearing a suit, like, very, like, business professional. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I just, I just go, like, I go up to the booth, and they're wearing, like, three hats and have, like, dyed hair and, like, nails done. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is a Netrunner artist. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, we, 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 you fit in. It's good. <laughs> um, it, They were super nice. I have one of the Harbinger, like, postcard things. Oh, yeah. Um, he was just handing out postcards. What a sweetheart. I love Scott. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, the artwork's really good, and they were yeah. really nice. And um, nice. yeah, it was really good to see them. I mean, a bunch of the artists there were really good. Cat 
um, Kisra sold a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they had at the the artist colony, which oh oh Scott tore us a new asshole about that in the artist colony. He's like, what do you mean? It was so poorly organized. You know, no one knew where people were, and we're like, yeah, it was kind of a clusterfuck. Thank you, Scott. Do you think that's? That. Do you think? Do you think that's like? Was Scott actually mad? No, I don't think so. I, I just think no one had any idea of what to expect, and that was part of it. I mean, the whole artist colony table was kind of, you know, just come when you feel like Did, it. I want burn some bridges. Tell me how you really feel. Me? Oh yeah. no! Everyone agrees that it could have been organized way better. But who? But like, like by not single games or by just some person? I mean, it, it kind of went both ways. Like, no one in the artist colony really wanted to organize anything. Again. Bushi did everything, I think. Um, not that other people didn't, but Bushi, you gotta delegate. You gotta delegate. I think Dan does. Or you don't think he does? I don't think he does enough. I mean, that's the those big boss shoes and tell people carry. The I think boss. the problem. Sure, but the problem is like once you feel like yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I don't know. I mean, I I'm not. I'm so disconnected from the artist colony stuff, so I yeah, believe yeah, you. Yeah. I I was surprised where the table was. I mean, like there were th- aspects. What was it a great location? Kinda. I mean, it was with everything else. I, I don't it know. was nice. It was a great idea. It's just I think the biggest flaw was that it was not time limited. It was just there all the time, and kind of maybe there was someone, maybe there wasn't, maybe there was the person you were looking for. Probably not. You know, sure. like they should have said like, okay, like for the next like forty minutes, thirty minutes after each tournament, we're gonna like or like after each event, like the artist colonies could be open. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, I think that probably makes sense. Fine. I mean, it's hard. Like there were organizational things I didn't love about how the room was set up or some of the things, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like it, it's first worlds after COVID, like they get a pass and that kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. No. A- amazing event overall. It's just, yeah. I-, I loved, I love that Scott, the nicest person I met just all weekend per- by far, just like goes into slack and like, yeah, rips him a new asshole. NSG. What were you thinking? I'm like, yes, yes, Scott. I always feel like the artist colony is not related to not single games, but maybe it is. It is not, but that's why I appreciate that they did the effort to like put a little table. Let me sell my wares. Let me sell a couple alts for Cat Shen, so I feel like a big deal, you know. Did you sell? Did you? How much? How much money did you make selling your alts? I mean, I probably lost money overall because <laughs> I just kept chucking them at people. <laughs> what are you? How I'm probably broke awesome even. I'm probably broke even. What? What? What was the? What were your associated printing costs? Like I gotta order the cost the the cards from uh, Make Playing Cards. <laughs> you didn't sell. You didn't. You sold that few. Um, I, I you should have done like a I boat. sold about half. Oh sure. Well, that yeah. does, that should have. I mean, I covered the cost. I'm happy. I sent the rest to to England with uh, Rotage for him to get rid of the rest and uh, donate the proceeds to a dog or something. So no, it's good. Donate the. <laughs> you the That's our agreement. <laughs> sure. Um, did you play in Chrono Service? I did. Yes. So we had a team, uh, three local guys, myself, Keith, and uh, you know, unofficial but official team captain Brett, who was on Apex. Um, salute the bravery there. And we were playing all mini factions. Oh, that's cute. Did it you was get Sunny or Adam? I got Adam. Which I realized while I was sleeping Adam, I'm like, I've I've never sleeved an Adam deck. Fuck. <laughs> so, 
no, it was good. Had some good games. Um, Crown of Servers was fun, and I guess I'm kind of glad we weren't competitive off, off of the bat, but sure. also it would have been good to play good decks. I had fun. I played on a team with Analyze Chris and uh, Will. Yes, your team had a uh, missing person. Was that it? No. Oh. Bridgman. So Bridgman was supposed to make it, but they missed their flight coming from Sweden. So they had to like, <laughs> they would delay the whole day. Bridgman. Why do that? I don't know. He's from the, like, like I just, I watched um, the Northman on, uh, on the FF airplane flight. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, takes place like in the Viking stuff. And that's what I, ima- that's what, that's the community I imagine Bridgman comes from. Switzerland. Like whenever someone's home of the Vikings, yes. No, I said I said Sweden. Oh, Sweden, my bad. Like when someone's from Sweden or Norway, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's like that's where the Vikings live. Coming over on the, so, the little boat, yeah. Yeah, he had to he had to row his long long ship over. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna get a fucking comment in the, the about this that like, oh, actually, the Vikings were from like Denmark or some shit. I don't care. Denmark, the Vikings also from Norway in the <laughs> Shadownet lore. No, um, please comment. It, Boost engagement. <laughs> <laughs> boosts, oh yeah, strategically distorting historical facts to boost engagement. Ten ways to grow your podcast. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, and then I played uh, the main event, which was fun. Was I, that the next day? That was the next day. Yeah. Crown of servers, day. pretty good. I got our team got fourth, which was nice. Can we can we go back? Because, oh, man, that first day, crown of servers, I was looking everywhere for Morgan. I had a podcast to get out. This freaking oh, yeah. when, when we're everyone's coming up to me. They're like, Phil, where's this podcast? I'm like, I'm I waiting for Morgan. People come and ask me. No, I have people come and ask me. I'm like, fucking, this is a cultural institution. I, I even know. know. And, and you're, you're coming up to me. You're saying, like, Phil, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I, I, I defied you. I was like, dude, what the people are at? The people are, is riots. It's going to be riots in the street if you don't get who will win. It was. It was this big panic to go finish it. Um, and Morgan was nowhere to be found because, you know, the conceit of it is that, that Morgan does the intro with me every year. I don't know why, but it, uh, you know, it's, it's just. Traditions it's, don't make sense. There you go. Um, so I had to hunt down Morgan, but Morgan was stuck in Calgary the night before until like 3 a.m then they came in super late and like would occasionally text on discord because they have terrible sleeping habits um and i'd be like okay it's time but it was never time until it was so i got it out there we we recorded the little segment i threw it together it kind of worked Nah, yeah people love it so glad i liked i liked it was really good to see morgan i liked morgan a lot they're very passionate about the game's lore. I mean, like, obviously, it's just it was just nice to talk to them about it. I don't think I'm as passionate as they are, but like it was it was interesting to talk to them about that and just talk about some of the references and some of the cards. It was good to see them. I think they had a really good time. Um I think so. I, I got tri- I gotta get them back on the, the, the podcast. I think we'll do next episode. I was talking to them about, I said we'll do next episode. Talk about Midnight Sun. Mm. It's, it's Midnight Sun's been out for long enough that we can just shit on it mercilessly. So we I have to have an so. a null so. single game member for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, okay. Anyways, next day. Standard no, no, we had trivia. Baby. We had trivia. We had trivia. Was trivia that day or was it after standard? Did you not go to trivia? Oh, yeah, I did because I, 
I edited it, and then Goon was like, oh, Phil, we need someone on our team. So I ran down, and I sat with Goon. Nice. Trivia was fun. I love the trivia. Great job with that. Thank you. I had fun running it, and, like, the crowd was really good, and I'm glad I was able to run it in, like, 30 minutes. Yes, that's the thing. It didn't overstay its welcome. It was, like, the perfect length short and of time. S- yeah, it was good short and sweet, it. and I love that we went to tiebreaker. Mm, that was pretty uh, cool. Tiebreaker was hype. I I had I thought I literally Chris Dyer gave some feedback, and I think one of the things he said was like, "What happens? What do you, you need a tiebreaker question?" <laughs> and um, I had a second tiebreaker question too, Ooh. like sudden death. Oh yeah, because people were worried about that. Yeah, I was like, "No, I have sudden death." Um, but yeah, it was just fun. Like, and I was really nervous about it because it was like the first time doing something, and I didn't want it to just be like ten people. Yeah, that but we had like show. we had like forty we had like forty people. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, which is like pretty good, and like we had like a lot of teams, and like a lot of people stayed, and it made it made me feel good. Like it felt good that people showed up for that because I put a lot of time and effort into it, and it was like the response was just so positive. Mm. You know, yeah, people like um, uh, people like doing netrunner related stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, no, for sure, it was great. And then I got way too drunk Friday night. Nice. Like, like, wait, bad. wait, didn't I cross you in the hallway? And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And you're like, I got to go test. That testing, yeah, it was not, I did not do a lot of testing. I did a lot of drinking. <laughs> you testing some drinks. I see, I see. Yeah, I see. testing some drinks. <laughs> I, we went to, like, the, the Snare Bears had, like, an Airbnb set up. So I went to there, and there's a grocery store in the basement. And so I bought, like, like a personal, like a, like a, like a flat, like a handle of rum. Yeah. That I drank like just myself. Okay, like, that's yeah, that's pretty significant. And then I, uh, I had a gummy. Oh no! And and it was like, oh, I cat was like, these gummies are really strong, like like really really strong, like be careful. And then Chris and I were like, that's fine. We'll each do a quarter. Cat, you're ruining my baby boy. Why do this? I, <laughs> and by like, I played one game of corp. I sleeve my runner, and then I was just like, oh, I'm like, I feel like I'm melting into the floor. I need to go home. <laughs> and oh. I've probably never been that high in my life before. Oh, I, was like, I, I, was, I woke up, and then, like, I, I woke up Saturday, and I had a bleed in my foot. Whoa. Did you go to the hospital for it? No, because I'm stupid. And uh, I think what happened is I stubbed, like, I hit my foot on the door frame on the way walking out of the Airbnb on Friday night. Yeah. And alcohol is a blood thinner. Oh, yeah. And I think I did that, and I was really dumb. And Wait, so uh, did you just bleed all over the hotel all night? No, it's internal, dude. What the fuck? Oh, it's I not like <laughs> I thought you were just, like, gushing everywhere. No. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> uh, no, I think... No, it was just, like, internal bleeding into the muscle. Ah. And so I woke up, and I'm like, I'm so hungover, and... I feel bad and my foot hurts and I'm like I gotta play seven rounds of Dead <laughs> Um and so like, I had a first round bye. Oh yeah. So I came down, I handed in the bye, and I just sat in the shower for forty minutes for the first round. Very good. And Very good. Tried to like become human. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you maybe mostly succeeded because you did pretty good. I only played five games of Netrunner. <laughs> oh, that's the secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was buy, sweep, sweep, ID, 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 play a tiebreaker round. Nice. 
Um, yeah, and so then I ended up in the top 16. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I think it was good. I mean, I ended up sixth, which is like, that's pretty good. Can I see where I ended up? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. <laughs> you could, I would just control F yeah, if I'm yeah. honest. Oh, here I am. Phil L. Number 80. That's not... 80's not bad. Oh, that's under half, though. Oh, there's 158 people. Damn. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I, anyways, I, I went uh, I went equal all day. It was all right. I... Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing my decks. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have any regrets. You know, like it was like I, I got to play Tag Uzziah, which is like a lot of fun. I think we did good because I didn't play any four one nine. Was that a fear? That was a fear. That was a fear. I don't know if you remember last episode. We explicitly made an official Shadownet statement that four one nine sucks. And people it worked. listened. It worked. Yeah, people, exactly. So thank you listened. to everyone who listened. Yeah, I think it's just like people listen to us and and they knew and that's good. Uh, yeah, I think it was a good format. I like I had fun playing the games. I played Egg Infusion, which is a very uncontroversial deck with no problems, and people loved it. It was a very healthy deck, and you know there we go. Who are these people? Chip the what Ripper, the- number twenty three. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at everything. Um, did you play in startup worlds? No, I'm just, my mind is blown by everyone who's played, and I've met so many of them now. Um, Startup was actually, it was okay. Main complaints about Startup. It started on It's a bad, it's, it's a started on (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's, that's a downside? It's bad? (laughs) Well, it was, because I was an idiot, and I was like, I'm gonna go visit my nephew while I'm in the same city as where, you know, my brother-in-law lives. You have a nephew? Yeah, in Toronto. You're um, old as shit. I know, I know. So I was like, oh, I'll just go see them in the morning. Pop in for a nice visit, have a coffee. It was fantastic. On the way back, like, oh, Toronto Transit decides they don't really work for the Thanksgiving weekend. Which I get, I get. But also very inconvenient to me personally. Um, so I'm late for the first round. Thankfully, they let me register, which a couple of losses on the first round. Whatever. I, I, I didn't want to win the whole thing. I just wanted to participate, you know? Just be there for the funsies. Um, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I was I was surprised. Well, because I got the two losses. I got paired up by, like, a very new player, right? And just, like... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the the instant on, speed dude. clot just, like, blew his mind. I was like, like I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, but I got, oh, like, I got to win. I got to win. Um, Holy f- you You might have made someone quit there. Maybe. I'm sorry if I did. Um, Holy fuck, dude. But look, now that person knows that that's possible. So... It's, it only go upwards from there. Anyways, I had a great time with a, a fat Hoshiko deck, and Crap. it really doesn't matter what the corp was because it wasn't very good. But Hoshiko is a good time. I thought it was so fucking funny that this tournament had ninety people and it cut the top four. Yeah, brutal top. That's, cut, in, that's insanity. That's insanity. By the way, like what the fuck? They got to squeeze it, it in the, the same day. Like, are you kidding me? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like. D- do you care? Uh, for top 16 of startup worlds i just think that like if you're gonna have this world championship for fucking startup you have a, a cut for the world championship cut up that is smaller than some startup circuit openers had how the hell does that make any sense they gotta get it done i don't know what to tell you but like 
Okay, maybe to me that belies why startup world startup doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, like as a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks because it has to run like concurrently with the top cut of like standard worlds. But like, what do you do otherwise? You go to top sixteen and you have like three, four extra top rounds. Eight, top eight. What about just top eight? Double the size. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, you could top eight. I, no one felt. I like also. It, I guess. I mean, I guess it's just sort of like, was this a world championship? Like caliber event, the top players were very good. Then so why not cut the top eight? Then why not cut the top eight? Because they don't have the time. No one That's... wanted to stay again till like eleven. But then why aren't you affording your fucking world championship? Top? Like if 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 standard had a top eight cut, there'd be riots in the streets. Why the fuck does world championship? Like I'm just saying, if you're gonna call it a world championship, treat it like a world championship. Don't be like, oh, this is a circuit opener that has ninety eight people in it. I mean, like, what the hell? Well, I mean, it is, and it's the biggest startup event in the world. That's Worlds. <laughs> so like, what, what if I, someone was like, whoa, Netrunner Worlds, 180 players, pff, that's Worlds? Like, yes, it was. <laughs> like, what do you want? Yes, but the difference is, like, that tournament had a top 16 cut. <laughs> I don't understand what the, like, I understand because why a small cut to, is speak, bad, but, like. Oh, my fucking God. It you feel like the, the competitive <laughs> integrity was violated. Yes, that's not a controversial take. When you look at the top fucking, when you look at the top eight, for example, and like all those people got out on minus trick the schedule, and it really distorted the behavior of the players in the last couple of rounds. Because they couldn't ID. Not because they couldn't ID, but because you were forced to two for one essentially. That's like that's like if you're not at the top top, then you're forced to two for one anyways. No, at the top, you're forced to... Like, at the top, you should be two for one Even when you're, like, fucking fourth in standings. Because cut to top four means that, like, because of how the structure works, sweeps from below are just devastating to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It just doesn't... Like, it just doesn't make any... Like, it's bad. It's, it, it's like, it's like exact... Like, if you think double-sided Swiss is already not good, really small cut sizes are just exacerbating all the things we think that double-sided Swiss are bad at doing. And... I think I just think honestly, if you're going to have an event that is crowning a world champion in a format, it is disrespectful to those players if you're not going to treat the tournament with significant competitive integrity. Okay. Cut to a top eight. You disagree with me? No, I want I want Bink Bunkle, who I played, who swept me in a two for one. Number five, Ian Fan Account, Freeform Jazz, and Functor. Uh, five through eight in the the top eight of Swiss. I want one of them to come on the show and be upset because from you, I'm like, eh, you're always upset. <laughs> you know, you didn't even play in this and you're upset. <laughs> I mean, I didn't play in it because the tournaments are fucking, first off, because I was in the top 16 of standards, sorry. And secondly, because this tournament in some sense is a like, okay, I don't want to undermine the achievements of any of the players who made the top cut, right? Like the world's winner, obviously, uh, like, I just think if you if you're gonna look me dead in the eye and tell me that a world champion in startup is equivalent to a world champion in standard, for example, when one of those tournaments had a top sixteen cut and one of those tournaments had a top four cut, like, they're, but they're both world champions. Who is like, saying what you, that? Who is saying that? You have why are they the both standard why are they world both? champion oh and the baby startup world champion? Obviously, That's it's not, not the same. You okay? How, to 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 Vaduva? How do you pronounce the name? I don't know. Tvaduva. Vaduva is just a world champion, by definition. Yes. Okay. And and Will is also a world champion. Correct. But they did not win those 
identical titles in the same way. Well, I mean, Tavuda has like world champion Asterix startup. That's fuck fucking eat my ass, dude. There's no you think that is the perception? Look, it, if they go around and they're like, I'm a Netrunner world champion, good for them. I'm happy for them. But like if you're in a room full of people and they're like, I'm the world champion, people are like, of startup. <laughs> like what 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 are you what is this clout that is attained that you're so that you're so scared is like misappropriated? Say tr- like treat the tr- treat the player okay. If you're gonna my point of is this if you're going to treat the startup players with a level of competitive respect, give them the respect they deserve, don't make their tournament a top four cut, which undermines the fucking title. Like, if I was this, okay, if I was the startup world champion, I would be a little tilted that my title is maybe worthless because I had a fucking cut to top four 90-person tournament compared to the top 16 that Standard got. Like, why didn't startup get more respect? How much more respect do you want it to get? People hate just startup. Saying, I hate startup too. I'm saying either fucking do it or don't do it. Don't do this halfway shit. Either don't call like the okay. You want my real? I don't. You want, the, tell me how you really feel. Yes. They shouldn't have fucking run this tournament. It should not have been called a world championship. <laughs> should have just been the you know you didn't make cut. Been. You get to play startup tournament. Yeah, exact, exact, one hundred percent. That's just what it should have been. I can't believe is that you're is that so, so controversial? Is that I don't know. I, mean, I think I just, they wanted to make it fun for new players who are just playing startup. You know, why are we enabling those people? <laughs> I don't look. Look, we've said it before in the past. Nisei was catering to the startup players. NSG doing the same thing. It's almost like they're the same company. I just I love, I love that. <laughs> we just got. I'm make just it saying. Clear, you know. Don't call it a world championship and then don't treat it with any of the respect that a world championship belies. It undermines the whole fucking process. I, like, what what do you want? You want the winner to be like startup champion. Not a world not champion. World. Not, a, not, not a world champion. Which they <laughs> Toronto are startup champion. Asterix not worlds. I just, I just think that... Listen, I don't... Josh went on the record and yeah. said this yeah. is a world world's caliber event for startup people all over the world were there yes <laughs> and so you don't fucking lie to me and say this is startup players are getting the world's caliber event they deserve or whatever and then have a fucking 98 per, 94 person tournament that cut the top four what the fuck is that like you should have at least cut the top eight i would argue you should have cut the top 16 um and guess what if you were committed to running it on one day, like, yeah, like, you're not affording the tournament with enough respect. Like, you should just not have done it in the first place. What would Could you, you imagine if they were like, if they were like, hey, we're going to do standard in one day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But you're saying, okay, just standard tournament and then Sunday, just side events. The classic. No startup, no mention of it. It's the ugly stepchild. You know, you can go do a, a little pot of startup, you know, with the other startup fans if you really have to. Well, you can run a startup tournament. I'm just saying, like, don't call it a fucking world championship if you're not going to treat it like a world championship. Oh, they just wanted to hype it, you know? I'm okay with it. The, I'm okay with it. It undermines the fight. Fine. I just feel like I'm taking crazy pills when, like, 
do the tournaments not mean anything anymore? Are we just showing up to play arbitrarily? Like, come on. <laughs> the, de the definition of a world championship is cut to top 16 and anything else. Is not a world I mean, championship. It's not even. It's not even like we're gonna cut the top. <laughs> the top four is. <laughs> it's the sanctity of the thing. I'm just saying, top the four. Top cut the top four is fucking Mickey Mouse shit. Like, and look, that's just look, true. Yes, and it's startup. Everyone feels like that. Most of the people that were playing were like, eh, you know, playing because I happening. think it's disrespectful to the players who played in that format that it wasn't treated with more respect. Okay. that's not a controversial thing. I think the the lengths you go to defend that opinion. <laughs> like, don't like. I hate it when Nelson Le Game does something halfway, like this. You know, like just do it or you don't do it do or you don't. Think do this it. was halfway. They organized the whole thing. They hyped it, and then like the only oh thing you didn't like God. was the. How this many of these cup. players? How many of these players played in this tournament? Not because they're really passionate about startup, but because it was something to do on Sunday, Most and they were. Of them. Most of them, by far. What does that say about your fucking tournament? How many people, conversely, traveled to Nothing in the Worlds to play in standard specifically? I wouldn't say Everyone all, else. but certainly, like a majority of those people went because they're like, "I want to play in the standard tournament." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it was fun. I'm glad they did it. You know, is it as serious as the standard? No, and no one thought it was. But I guess you know they can't give it the the, the same title, in your opinion. Just don't call it a world championship. There we go. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, how was the top cut while the rest of us were playing? <laughs> it was okay. It was it was okay. I got sixth. <laughs> yeah, you did pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. People were people were shocked at this egg infusion deck going around on the first. Yeah. Day. They were like, "Oh my god!" I just like and Keith Calgary Keith was on egg infusion. So he oh, yeah. was like, oh shit, I made the right call. I don't think he was on the same egg infusion. <laughs> I don't but... think most people were. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had some I had some people. Like what what the fuck uh, is this deck? Where does this come from? What the fuck? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so basically what happened is um someone played it on Jane at once and then we just like copied the deck list and then we just like deconstructed the deck list and then like built it. And like, I didn't do any of the, oh, so like I didn't do any of the deck building for the egg infusion. Yeah. What happened is Thursday, I played PE on Friday and then I talked to Matthew, uh, Scry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he was like, I think this egg infusion deck's good. And then Kat and Jonas were both like, I think this egg infusion deck's good. And I was like, okay, explain to me how it works. And then they explained to me how it works. I played one game of it Saturday night before I got really high. Yeah. Uh, Friday night before I got really high. And then I just played it all day at the tournament. It, it seems I like your kind of deck. It's like... It's really it's a really dumb linear combo deck. You can back, yeah, and make someone miserable with it, you know? It, it's it's grinder. Like, it's actually just a grinder deck. Yeah, it literally... Yeah. The, the game plan is just to deck the opponents. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't steal oboe. Ah, uh, great, great play patterns. Yeah, I'd see. I'm, I'm so happy I didn't have to play it because um, I did play it on Janet actually once, and I think I beat it there. So I was like, yeah. it's not a big deal. But like, clearly, when you get a bunch of pros like smash their head together and make it that much worse, uh, it gets that much worse. <laughs> Jonas, Jonas did a lot of work optimizing it, and it was uh, also for those who are listening and are like, "What the fuck is Eric talking about?" The deck is called um, Dies to Doomblade on um, on their NDB. But uh, Sebastian K was the person who came up with the deck, and then Jonas did a lot of optimizing. Uh, TBU 3K. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that like he uses Wave, which is like well, Wave is so the but it's just the a, Wave it's is a, a tutor. It's great. It yeah, it gets you Loki. Yeah, I, I it's a really well designed deck. Like Jonas did a really good job, and Sebastian did a really good job. Like the you know it's it's a I I mean I played it because I thought it was good. It, it also like is not a good deck once it's people know how to beat it. Oh yeah, like it dies to a whole bunch of like different tech cards. Like I don't think. It, there will be any ban list action. Like it just exploited people who didn't know how the deck worked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had fun playing it. I had fun playing Zaya. Like t- playing Tag Me was a really good decision. I, I liked playing that. I liked playing that deck so much. Mm, Austin had such a good write up about it. <laughs> yeah, I liked Austin's write up. I had fun. I did my own like special write up thing, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, any comments about the top cut? Like, what, what do you think it was a good world? Compared to previous worlds, like what? Like in terms sense? of in, ter- in terms of like the meta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fun. The games were fun. Like I had fun playing the games, and I thought the matchups were interesting, and I, I liked the format a lot. And I think banning Rizek and Pedtap had like good effects. And um, we're we're still in the grips of boat <laughs> frenzy. Like I think boat. Like I think it, it's yeah. I think also like people are just tired of boat now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, like in a lot of discourse, and I think boat is also the problem is that like boat is still very good but beatable at the top tier, like when you're really good at playing corp. Mm-hmm. But boat just runs over any like mediocre corp. Yeah. So at the mid tables, it feels like nothing changed, but the top tables, it feels like pretty good. Okay. Which is like you know that's that uh, that's like the the classic like balance like, balance problem, right? Like what do you do? What do you do uh, against this boat that's just boats over everything? Um, yeah, but something like this that's grindy, that, like, disallows you to actually use your boat in meaningful ways, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good versus boat. Yeah, and so, I think it's just, uh... Do you think the meta can fix the boat, or the boats, like, the boats do for an iceberg? I... It's tough because I know what the next set is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Without so, like, happen. I don't want... Before that releases, right? Like, in the next oh, like, three months, before like, we get the oh, next set. Before Pahelion comes out? Correct. Uh, no, I think the boat will continue to basically run the format for the next two months or whatever. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, yeah UK Nats, I, I, like, someone pointed out that, like, 14 of the 16 decks in the top 16 were boat decks. <clears throat> and the only two non-boat decks were the ones that Austin and I were playing, which was Tegmi's eye. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I think, for example, it's like the boat's going to continue to run the meta. Like, I imagine the boat like will be just completely dominant UK Nationals. Like, that's not even surprising to me. That it, it would shock me if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's... I, I don't want to say, like... I don't want to do the play... Like, I I shouldn't even say anything. I don't like doing the playtest thing of, like, oh, like, don't you worry. Like, it's going to... New cards are going to change the entire game. I have no idea whether Pahelion will solve the boat problem or not because i haven't looked at those cards in a very very long time and things have changed and i'm i'm out of the loop but i mean it, you know it's it i think the answer to the question of like will the meta solve the boat or will the boat solve the meta is going to come down to like what do the new cards look like and i honestly don't know what the answer is but it's hard like it's hard to predict right yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean i mean i'm sure they'll get a a solid balance patch when that comes around Less i mean there's this question that. i think if if for example it turns out that the boat still completely runs over everything after Pahelion comes out, I imagine the boat will just get banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the boat gets banned, though, runners are going to be actually, I think, in a tougher spot than people realize. Well, then I think you can unban Pad Tap and Rizeki. But Maybe. I don't think... I don't... It's like, they're just, they're just not going to do that. Well, then you're just at value runner again. 
But I do. Like I mean, people. I I just don't think they're gonna do that because they're not. Yeah, and I also think that they're just like not interested in doing that. I I, I would be surprised if they unbanned Rizeki Pata. Yeah. Cool. 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 So, um, yeah. yeah. That's that. That was Worlds. Worlds was good. Worlds was fantastic. Loved hanging. I like. I. Go yeah, ahead. I think. Yeah. I I just I don't know how to say this next part. I no, I'm not gonna get banned. It's because I'm sad. <laughs> oh no! Okay, let's put on the sad zone music. <laughs> I just, um, you know, I was really depressed in the in the lead up to Worlds, and I think that affected how I felt about Worlds. Mm. So I had, I think, like log- like intellectually, I had a very good time, and it was nice to be in a space where you're loved by so many people. But I. I don't know. I didn't like. I don't know if I had like a good time. Like I like I did well at Worlds, but I don't really feel anything about that, and I'm kind of sad about that. You know, because it feels like a big accomplishment, but I just don't feel excited about it. And I wish I felt excited about it. And I don't really know how to unpack that. Mm. Um, and it was good. It was good to see people, but I just felt sort of sad about the whole thing. Also, being like injured on the Saturday did not make me feel good. That is a bummer. You know? That is a bummer. Um, I can see where you're coming from, right? Because it's hard to, like, there's so much hype in something like this, right? And, and people display that emotionally in a lot of different ways. And you don't want to be the person that, like, brings everyone down. But at the same time, like, you have no obligation to also be, like, super hyped, super excited about something. Even if you're having a good time, right? You can just sit back and enjoy it. So I, I guess, guess. I, th- I could see a disconnect there and that being quite jarring. I liked hanging out with Chris, who I feel like is my emotional rock in those kinds of situations. Um, I liked having, having him at the tournament. I enjoy Chris. And, <clears throat> from our and uh, Will, I mean, Will won. Like, Will did really well oh, as well. We didn't even get to that. Congratulations. Yeah, Will, Will, two, three, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm happy for him. Okay, now, one of the greats. Yeah. Okay, there, settled. Official <laughs> shit. I don't know. I don't know why you always want me to, like, I feel like you've been wanting me to say that for a year now. It's well, because like... people don't listen to me when I say something. <laughs> oh, Phil, that's not true. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, he is, obviously. I felt that way before, well, it's for what it's worth. There we go. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. Great Top Cup game. Oh, my God. Great Top Cup. No, it's late. It's late. It was good watchings. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah i i implemented a policy at worlds that i'm still sort of emotionally unpacking wow uh i decided that I, i'm not going to give take backs anymore in high level tournament play right right yes and we saw this i think it was on stream a very no take backs yeah no mistreaters this is the, is um, no missed yeah like the the new rules are basically like if a trigger is missed it's just missed. Yeah. Even if it's a mandatory trigger. But you can be a gracious opponent and allow it if there's no information revealed, right? Is Even that... if there is information revealed, you can just give takebacks for what I mean, like, so the difference between like a takeback is like at the whim of the opponent, and then historically yeah. missed triggers have been like if a trigger was missed and you call a judge, you'll get the trigger. But okay. now it's like if a tr- and this is like I'm really simplifying here. But like if you like the question is like, okay, the runner runs it on D. And accesses a card, and it's like that's fine. And then they go like, "Oh, I should have gotten a counter for a, a counter on the endurance." Yeah, or a dream net trigger. 
Yeah, but like we we assume that they've seen the cards, so the trigger has been missed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then there's this question of like, there's two questions. One, which is like, should your like your opponent can give you a take back for sure. But then there's a second question of like, if your opponent doesn't want to give you a take back, can they call a judge and get the like get the missed trigger restored under the organized play rules? Mm, right, 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 right. And basically, the way it was ruled for Worlds was that no, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think some people really didn't like that. And also, like, I mean, it was just it was just compounded by the fact that like the egg infusion deck's really slow, and so you have to like prompt your opponent on time a bunch because you don't want to get like you don't want to time out and like you don't want to be slow played and like because you can just you can like literally like I think a very viable strategy with the egg infusion deck is just to play very slowly. Yeah. Um, and like you would easily beat it every time. I I loved your intensity of like making sure the clock had a like was direct visible. eyeline. Yeah, I I got yelled at by you being like, "Get the fuck out of the way!" I got I got to see the time. Chatting I with, felt really, with meme master I felt, internet, I was like so humbled by his presence, and you're just like yelling at me for your your fucking top sixteen game. Sure, whatever. I, I felt bad. Like, I don't know. I hope people don't resent me for that. I don't think but, so. I think everyone appreciated your your hard work on the on the. I mean, there's a lot of people, but like, there's a big funny. question of there's a big question of like should like should like should take like what are the rules around take backs and all that stuff and yeah. I I have essentially I've essentially decided personally on this policy of like zero take backs, but which I think if I'm, you're upfront again. Uh, about uh, do you tell your opponents that at the start of the game or it's like a, a like oh take back for this little thing and you're like no i don't say boy. at the start of the <laughs> i don't i you know it's funny because i get made fun of this for in vancouver but i take it very seriously <laughs> i i just feel like no I, I don't say at the start of the game i feel like it would be weird to say at the start of the game really i i just feel like you could say well per- why is the default why is the default position that you should be giving take backs because I think Netrunner is a friendly and open community where we all want to see the best in each other and will allow corrections and little play mistakes to see, you know, not just who has the best in the moment mental game, but hey, where where could this game go if played perfectly, right? Maybe we're less interested in the, the, the minutia of trying to do everything perfectly and... Um, actually experience a more perfect game because we do allow for it to uh, conclude in its most, I don't know, complete form, basically, where you can redo your triggers and see where that goes. I think, for example, for what it's worth, like, all of these thoughts, like, my, like, zero take-back policy, I only apply it, like, nationals and above. Like, just so we're clear. Like, only when I think there are actual genuine stakes on the line. Oh, okay. I thought you were at pub rum and like, No, holy player. fuck. <laughs> and I mean, even my zero take-back policy has, like, like, I'm not a fucking, like, I'm not zero take-backs, like, I'm not zero take-backs because I think it gives me some competitive advantage. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, oh... I'm gonna fucking catch someone, and like that's how I'm gonna win this game. And like, I'm not interested in that. It's just like, I don't do the pub runner. Like, I don't do that shit. Like, I also give takebacks for things that like I would argue are like errors of communication. So like, if someone installs an ice and then looks at it and it's like, oh, I installed the wrong card. Can I like install another piece of ice? Install another piece of ice. I'm gonna let them do that. Yeah. Um. Or like, someone says, I want to make a run HQ, and you're like, I'm like, do you, you meant, like, this, and I point to the server, and they're like, no, I meant R&D, like, I'm gonna give them that, like, because I'm not, like, that, those are just, like, issues of, like, human communication that, like, I'm not interested sure. in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 
like I'm not gonna give someone the endurance trigger back. Um and I'm not gonna someone reses a card and then Yeah, like I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna do that because I don't want to engage in the moral hazard of like determining what is and isn't okay in a game of Netrunner. Hmm. And I just wanna play I think a zero tolerance policy while it isn't has downsides is the only one that makes sense to me because I don't want to have to legislate what is okay and isn't okay. And I think as soon as you start, like there's a lot of interactions where like they are the same, but different. Like there was a, the, like Yesengrin did an organized play survey, right? I know. I looked at it. I opened it. I was like, I, I love me a Google survey. Then I read the questions and I thought, wow, I am. I'm ill-equipped. <laughs> I am uninformed on this subject, and I will not be completing the survey because I don't. I don't want to fucking know. There's a like. I think one of like I've like. I think when people hear that I'm zero takebacks, they think I'm a bad person, and that really weighs on me a lot. Actually, because okay. I really because it's like I don't want to be a bad person. I don't think I'm try. I'm not trying to be a bad person either. But it's like I think. For example, that when a lot of people talk to me about take backs, the idea, what like, like people have like these intuition, like sort of like these intuitions about like what is right and what is wrong. But I think if you like dig at those intuitions, they're kind of problematic. Like one of the things is like we can imagine where um, someone runs R&D and they miss their DreamNet trigger. And they access a card like a piece of ice that doesn't matter. And they're like, oh, I sh- should have got my DreamNet trigger. Can I get my DreamNet trigger? And you say yes. I think partially one of the reasons you might say yes is because you feel like the trigger doesn't materially impact your ability to win the game. Yeah. But someone runs R&D and misses the DreamNet trigger and then access a card and then says, oh, I sh- can I get my DreamNet trigger? And you say yes. And then they steal an Obacada to win the game. Yeah. Or it's in the remote. Like, the, the Obakata is in the remote, right? Yeah. Like, let's say the Obakata is in the remote, so you know there's an Obakata there. So Obakata is under the remote, and they have three cards in hand, and they forget the Dreamnet trigger, and they access the Obakata, and you, they go, oh, can I get my Dreamnet trigger? It's a mandatory trigger. I think either you have to be comfortable giving the trigger in both situations, or you have to be comfortable giving the trigger in neither situations. Right, right, right. Because I think as soon as you start making decisions about, like, I'm going to give takebacks on a whim based on like how much I think they're going to lose me the game. I think that's not good for the game. And like, I think people should have an expectation about what the outcomes are going to be. And I, I think it's bad. I think it's bad for competitive integrity, like straight up. If like someone thinks like, Oh, if I took, like if I miss my endurance trigger, it's fine. Cause like, like my opponents, let me take it back. And then like, this is the last turn of the game and they miss the endurance trigger and you decide to like withhold it. And like, I've been in that position where like I've given a trigger to take back a bunch of times and like I decline like on the last turn of the game, like they miss a fucking turning wheel trigger and that extra access would have won in the game or whatever. Yeah. And I have to be like, no, because I don't want to, you're asking me whether I should lose or win the game. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. like, and I just think that I think there are people who genuinely are like, I would give the trigger in either situation. And I think that's commendable. I don't know if I trust myself to be able to say yes, and I kind of hate that about myself. But it's the reality. And 
I just want to be consistent, you know, like I just want to, I just want a consistent answer. And I have been in those situations where someone asks you for a take back that, you know, will lose you the game and you feel sick about it because suddenly what was a simple rules question has now turned into this like moral quagmire for you to wade into. Hmm. And I don't want to be in those situations in a net tournament. I just don't. I just don't want to have to like decide whether my opponent loses or wins the game based on their mistakes. Um, and so I think a zero tolerance policy is basically the policy I've adopted going forward. Because, I mean, and I think there are a whole host of other reasons. Like, I'm holding myself to a high standard as well. Like, let me give you an anecdote from Worlds. I'm in the top 16 playing against Sam Swede. And I have a Trist model Bioroids unres in remote and a Loki on the outermost. Yep. And he runs HQ. And I go, okay, you approach the ice. In that paid ability window, I would like to use Egg Infusion to throw you into the Loki. And then I'm going to res Trist model by... Uh, and then I'm like, okay, now that you encounter the Loki, I'm going to res Trist model by your roads. Mm, but, right? yeah, wrong window. Wrong window. But wrong, but wrong window. And he goes, I don't think you can do that. And I'm like, oh, you're probably right. Let's call a judge. And a judge is called... And all I really do- did was, I, if I had said, okay, I'm going to res Trist model Bioroids, and then I'll use the Egg Infused Paid Ability window, yep. I would have, I would have, and I threw I threw away one of my key combo pieces, right, in the matchup. And it's like a World's Top 16 game. I didn't feel bad about that because I knew that, I knew what the outcome was going to be because I knew that we weren't doing takebacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so it's something, and I'm not, like, I have a really big regret about Worlds, which is I played my tiebreaker game uh, to make top 16. I think sometimes one of the things I feel about competitive Netrunner, and like this is a worry I have, and this is why like I don't grind as much as I used to in Netrunner, I worry sometimes that competition inflames some of the worst parts of my personality. Like competition isn't just always good, you know? Mm. Um, and so I played this game against Sebastian K. Yeah. And it was probably the most I've wanted to win a game game of Netrunner in like maybe five years. I was just like so desperate to win because I knew that if I won, I would finally make a top six. I would finally make top 16 at Worlds, which is something I've been wanting to do for so long. And I just had to win this one egg infusion game. Yep. And I have a wave installed on HQ. And uh, he goes, he runs R&D. And he steals a sender message. And Sebastian K is not the villain in this story. So, like, it's, it's on me. Seb- Sebastian runs R&D and steals a sender message. And I go, okay, I'm going to res the wave. And I'm going to get Loki. And he goes, that doesn't work. Because wave only works when it's resed on a run on that server. And I go, yeah, you're right. Do you mind if I don't res the wave? Which I should, like, I didn't even think about it. It was just like, it was literally just like instinctual words coming out of my mouth, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. I wanted to win so badly that I was just like, I'm like, this is just, I, I wouldn't, my brain was thinking I should not have raised the wave. And my mouth went, I, sh- I don't raise this wave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he thinks about it and he goes, and, and I think he's honest, he's, he's true. He's like, you wouldn't give me the take back, but I will give you the take back. And then I derezzed the right wave. Sebastian and, what a class act. And I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, that's fair. But what's your solution here? Um, clearly, the rules team is trying to standardize stuff, get a better idea of what people want. 
if they had, you know, a policy saying these are the ones you have to give take backs on, these are the ones that you don't have to give take backs on, does that make your life better? Or like any amount of ambiguity is always going to be bad, I guess, for you. Like, I think that- would, would you rather them be like take backs don't exist anymore? It's it's fucking cutthroat netrunner now, baby. So I think that the rules basically can't legislate take backs because players will do them anyway. Mm, yeah. And I also think enforcing take backs is not like the rules can't capture. Like the problem with the rules is the rules aren't going to capture the complexity of a real game of Netrunner played by two humans. So like, it doesn't matter how many, like you can like you write a really stringent set of rules but it's just never going to capture like the sort of like grayness of like an actual rules interaction the language used the body language what was previously said in the match like a whole host of things right yeah and so i think for that sense you really just can't legislate take backs i think you can legislate missed triggers and there's some questions about like what do missed triggers look like what what should the rules for missed trigger look like the previous rules for missed triggers was basically unenforceable and unenforced um, it said that both players were uh, required under the board state. Like, basically, both players had an obligation to maintain the board state. If a, a trigger, mandatory trigger is missed, it didn't matter who called the judge, both players would receive a warning. Mm-hmm. It's very absurd. I think, like almost any competitive card game, mandatory triggers should be considered missed. Like, if you miss a mandatory trigger, it's considered missed. It's true of, uh, it's true of a bunch of different card games. I think there's like, and we maybe and maybe I'm wrong and like maybe like there should be some like the boat trigger which is like fine. I think this whole like revealing hidden information thing that people like to say is like really untenable in a whole host of ways. There's a lot of we can construe a ton of game scenarios where like offering takebacks or like giving redos like actually does materially affect the game state in very minor ways. And like I don't know, it just doesn't it like it sounds good as like a metric, but then you realize it like doesn't work in a whole host of cases. And so I don't think it's actually a good metric. I think a zero tolerance policy makes the most sense to me. And then like also, and this is going to be like controversial. That's what people think, tune in for. Come on. I think, I, I think like playing, like, like remembering all your mandatory triggers and all that stuff is a skill, like a skill that we should be testing in high level Netrunner. Because Netrunner is a card game. It's not a video game. Like JNet is not Netrunner. I know for a lot of people, and this is like going to be controversial because a lot of people engage in the game in JNet. I think that's fine. I think JNet has a lot of downsides in terms of how the game's interpreted and like rules perfect Netrunner is not the default. It is a skill that you work towards. Mm. And I think ultimately it is a card game played in by humans. And part of the skill of playing a card game is playing your, playing your cards correctly and like remembering all the triggers and like doing all that stuff. Like that, I think that is just genuinely true. I myself keep a very high commitment to remembering all my triggers. I pra- like I literally practice. Um, I practice my triggers before I play a tournament. I'll take my deck and I'll like like goldfish and games against myself, and I'll practice my triggers because it's a skill. And I think at the highest level of play, when we wanted to determine like the world champion of Netrunner or like the net ch- champion of an entire country, I don't want the champion of a country to be someone who doesn't remember the daily cast triggers. Like, I'm just soy. I don't. And I think that at the high level of play, like, that should just be something that you have to live with. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. That, that like, that's sort of my kind of view on it. And so 
I think having a rule about like how mandatory triggers are missed, if they're missed, I think is fine. If you if your opponent wants to give you your daily cast money, that's fine. Like that, I think your opponent should have the leniency to do that. I won't if you play me in a high level tournament, and it's not because like I think I've had conversations like I think Chris Dyer has basically put this really well, where he's like, I think he really disagrees with me, but he respects my ability to have a different opinion on this, and I think I'm in the minority, and I will be surprised if my I, I will be surprised if my version, like my sort of conception of what the rule should be, actually goes live. I don't think it will. I just think it's sort of like my, the only way I can engage in the system, like in a way that makes me feel good about it. And like I'm not perfect. I think a lot about that take back I asked for at Worlds. I think it was wrong to do that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I feel about all the rule stuff. It's hard not to agree with you here. This is a very well laid out argument about you know. The, the social setting in which the, the the playing of the cards happens in in the physical space I love that I mean I don't love it because I'm also terrible at triggers um, <laughs> I actually before going I got like a, a picture frame and I just printed a, a, a picture of Andre like tapping his head uh, from the little video he did to like remember your triggers and I was gonna put that by my play area as an illegal player aid to help me remember my triggers but then I forgot the photo frame on my desk at work which was terrible but Andre being the absolute gentleman that he is took a little Polaroid picture with me tapping our heads so that's in uh... my box right now so that was great that helped me remember triggers and Shockingly, no one's commented at work about this picture of Andre on my desk, but you know, he's I think guys. people like Andre. To me, it's like when I think about the rules, I think about two things. I think about like how can the rules be shaped in such a way to create outcomes we want, and how should we play under the like rules regime? And so, like, I think, for example, the um organized play survey that uh Yasengrin put out is really brilliant because, like, I think it's really good for the community to have a discussion about like what should be the rules that govern organized play. And like I'm gonna marshal my arguments, but like ultimately I'm gonna play under the rules. And like I made a decision I I'm gonna play under the rules at Worlds because in that lead up to Worlds I had a lot of discussions with the organized play team about like, hey, I think this rule about triggers needs to change because like you can just like exploit it to game loss your opponent. Mm. And it got changed. And I was but then as soon as like I've like I really I talked to Jeff Sengren about this in cut is he made the decision for the top 16 that he was just going to say that if you miss an endurance trigger like if you run on D you see a card and you're like I want my boat trigger you will always get that boat trigger and I disagree with that personally but I abided I appreciated that a rule was made and that was going to be consistently applied and that's fine by me you yeah. know what I mean um cuz like that's just what I'm inter I'm just interested in playing a fair game in that runner I feel like I get a lot of shit in vancouver which i don't really love for being like this but it's like i'm not like that in local games you know like well yeah I when you open this saying this was your life policy <laughs> you should have opened with only in like the top tier of competition um i think that sounds a lot better but uh, it makes sense to me yeah i mean you don't want to leave it up to yourself to have these ambiguous moral dilemmas whenever something like this happens and potentially like throw yourself off the game by like having to judge this thing which isn't really part of the game like evaluating if a take back makes sense evaluating how that reflects on you so i think it makes sense honestly 
it's not about angle. Like, I just want to be like, I, I know there are going to be people who listen to this segment and are like, it's not about generating. It's genuinely not about generating a competitive advantage. I want to be held at the same standard. You know, like I'm, and I like I'm trying really hard to behave in a certain way, and it's like it's going to be a process. But it's just like that's the standard I want. Like I'm going to go to a tournament in Seattle in a week and a half, and I'm going to give takebacks because it's like the stakes are low, and like who cares? But like I'm going to UK Nationals at the end of November, and I probably won't give takebacks. No mercy for the Brits. Well, I I mean, I like that you're frowning about it. Is this this the rules discussion you wanted to have? Yeah. This is the least boring rules discussion we've had. I love this. I mean, I think it's, it's like, (laughs) it speaks to really interesting questions about, like, how should we as a community govern ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, I, I would say... It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough. Like I don't think I don't think there's a there's a version of the organized play rule that like there's there are a lot of people out there who are basically like I think we should be giving like not as many takebacks as possible, but we should be like as lenient as possible because like we're in this shared game space and like um like we're really here to just like play a good game of netrunner and like we both players should have a commitment to that and like I disagree with that opinion, but I think it's a very valid one to have. Yeah, and um I just hope that people see my rules sort of maximalist take in the same light because I ruminate on it and I think about it a lot. I don't want it to be like, oh, Eric's trying to exploit people. I just want to play like a fair clean game in that room. I think it's kind of nice that you can just be like, go listen to my podcast where I explain this for 45 minutes. I do. I sometimes, dude, it's like really hard not to. Like I got asked a question about testing groups recently and I was like, well, I did it like... If you go back to like episode seven, there's a channel <laughs> segment where I talk about it for twenty minutes. It's like it is it is really funny. Uh, um what else? Uh you came that's exciting. Yeah, I I decided I'm so I'm gonna take a leave, a mental health leave from law school. Okay. And I decided that instead of feeling bad about it, I would do something like I don't like feel that like I failed or something. I would instead decide to f- do something that I thought was fun. Yeah, sure. Which is going also to the flights, Nats. Yeah, also the flights are cheap. I mean, the, I booked a flight for like $700. Uh, it's absurd. Like, a flight to Toronto, well, you pay like 100 bucks more and you're in Europe. Yeah, pay, pay, like, thank Christ for losing. So Christ. sad. <laughs> um, do you want to do Canadian Politics Corner? We're already deep in it. We're already complaining about Air Canada. Let's do it. What the, what the fuck is wrong with your premier? Oh my god, she's the fucking worst. She's the worst. Dude, it's like, it's crazy to me that I already thought Jason Kenny was like a nut job. And And he was. And he he is. And then like this new lady is like fucking like straight up wild. Oh, which appropriate because do you remember when Alberta had two conservative parties? The conservatives and the wild Rose party. The Wild yeah. Rose was like, yeah, the fucking idiots, um, like conspiracy theory, you know, now the anti-vax crowd, like all that shit was like contained in one corner that everyone could hate and like fucking rural population could vote for because who fucking knows. Um, but yeah, those parties, Jason Kenney moved back from Ottawa from his big federal job rounded up everyone in the conservative party said hey play nice for a little bit and that was that now he fucked off 
So that's great. But uh, they just elected their new leader of the UCP. And it's Danielle Smith, who, yeah, was in this Wild Rose Party. And, yeah, it's just absolutely fucking bonkers. Like, everything. Anytime you hear about her, it's like, it's so some she, wild shit. I think, like, a few days after elected, she does this press conference where she's like, I think people who don't get vaccinated are the most discriminated against group in history. Yeah. And then... Great opinion. Uh, and then, like, yeah, excellent opinion, by the way. And then a couple, like, like literally a couple days later, someone digs up an old t- tweet she had about Ukraine where she's basically like, I think, you like, Ukraine being invaded, she's like, I think what Ukraine needs to do is just, like, be neutral um, <laughs> and not ag- antagonize Russia by trying to join the West. And then they she gets blasted for it, and she's like, I can't believe that the NDP would politicize the war in Ukraine. <laughs> oh, how dare they? How dare they make it political? Oh my god! And then, and then now she's canceling this health agreement because the World Economic Forum's involved, and she's like, "I don't trust those billionaires in Washington." <laughs> like, <laughs> why would she? she? Why is, would she? Um, yeah, and like she's, she's basically uh... like it's so funny. Like she like. It's like every day it gets funny because she'll be like, one day she'll be like, I'm not retracting my comments. I'm not going to be bullied by the media. And then like a day later, she's like, I would like to issue a formal retraction of my comments <laughs> on Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, at least there's a PR team somewhere in there, you know. I just think it's like, uh, she is fucking bananas. Like, she is just. Uh, she literally had like fun. an AM radio show where she would just be crazy like this on air, like weekly. Um, she's like, and that's it's who like people electing wanted just, to lead them. It's just like know? it's like electing a very nutty loaf of banana bread. Like it's crazy. I just it's like the fucking bananas to me. Yeah, she's um, absolutely she's she's great. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that leads to a sound defeat in the next elections, which is months away still. But you know, I'm patient. Did you, uh, what was it? Did you hear about the um, law professor who um, maybe is not indigenous? No. You haven't heard about this story? No. Tell me about this this law based drama. There's a whole like thing that they're called um, pretendians, which is I'm not like not my term, but this it keeps fucking happening in Canada. Like you have academics who like say they're indigenous but aren't. Huh. And there's not a great way, like, as far as I know, um, the way the bands are set up and everything, it's not like there's this whole network of, like, fact-checking who's who. So it's very easy to claim something, and, you know, there's not really a record um, to go back Uh, to. I mean, it also, like, speaks to some really, like, trouble, like, it speaks to a lot of problems. Like, there's a big question, like, there's a really big question of, like, is the only person who's an indigenous person someone who's indigenous by like blood ancestry? Like it's more, co- it's not as complicated as just being like part of a, it's cut co- like it's not, it's more complicated than just being part of a discrete ethnic group, especially when like we're talking about groups of ethnic peoples who like things are incomplete. The, I mean, if they do, the, I mean, that's just people that, that would stay on like the mandated reserves, right? Like there, there's a lot yeah, of indigenous it, people that don't live on reserves and like, you know, if they have a kid, Clearly, that kid would be indigenous. There's no record of that anywhere official, other than yeah. like official document records, which I don't think consider that. 
they're not on band membership. Like it's yeah, exactly. it's a really messy thing. But then it's like you have people like you have like people who are born to like white parents who like grew up on a reserve and are like I'm indigenous and like apply for indigenous rewards and are like a leading indigenous scholar in the country. Right. And like that's when I think it starts to get really problematic. Mm, that is incredibly um, messy. Yeah. I will. Yeah, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll chat more about it next time. I just talk about something. Uh, oh, oh, we man, talk, yeah. the, the, we miss so many good Canadian politics. Like we miss so many good. How about like a, a Canadian politics speed round corner? Okay, I have one more I want to talk about. Okay, um, have you heard about the inquiry into the Emergencies Act? Yes, going on right now. Yes. So let me give you the rundown. Justin Trudeau, there's a convoy in Ottawa. Everyone's heard about this. Uh, refer to episode 26 or something. <laughs> that is handy. That is handy. Um, yeah, it's really good. Cops won't do shit. RCMP won't do shit. No one wants to move these fucking trucks out of the city. They keep honking all night. No one likes it. The only thing left to do is they invoke the Emergencies Act, not only for Ottawa, but there was also a couple borders being blocked across the country. And that allows, I guess the authority to to get the police to move these people out. And now you have a lot of people in, uh, you know, in the crazies and in, I think, uh, law enforcement that are like, that was an inappropriate use of power. Do I have that right? I mean, the, 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 there's all these legal questions about like whether it was legal to invoke the act or not. Spoiler alert, probably wasn't, but we'll get there. Um, but the big thing is, so President President, holy fuck. No, just, Premier, just go with it. <laughs> Pre Pre Premier Ford um, from Ontario asked Trudeau to invoke the emergency. Like, like was basically supportive because he had protesters that he couldn't deal with. Because yeah. the cops would do jack shit. And uh, the inquiry subpoenaed uh, Premier Ford to, like, at, like, say what happened. And he has invoked basically, like he has basically de legally declined and said, like it would violate like his privilege as like a premier. Oh wow, um, what a shitbag! Ah. To like do so, and you want to the reason why is because he doesn't want the fucking far right lunatics to find out that he supported getting rid of the convoy protest. Yeah, exactly. It's wild. Okay, um, this is a long episode. <laughs> it'll it'll get cut down to a mere hour and a half. Don't worry about it. You gotta, you gotta keep in the whole startup rant. The startup rant is it is staying. You know, that's, okay. that's precious material. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yes, we'll see you next worlds. Keep showering praise upon us. Uh, Holy fuck! That's that. Okay, see ya. See ya. good yeah that is a long one though yeah i mean people want a long episode we haven't done one in forever <laughs> that's true people people do love a podcast